All right, everybody, welcome to our second Leg Up podcast. It is Friday, February 3rd. I'm John Wilkerson here with Blake Gary and Jack Critcher again for our second Leg Up podcast of the 2023 legislative session. Despite a couple of rounds of wintry weather, the state capitol stayed busy as the legislature didn't let a little ice on the road slow them down. Everyone is safe and sound, I'm happy to report, but we did have a little bit of a scare when Blake uh, slipped on the ice coming out of the Capitol. He he did not fall. He's uh, okay. Uh, and in fact, I got to say, I'm impressed that he didn't fall because I'm not sure I would have been so lucky. But I can say the ice did not slow us down either, just like the legislators. So, uh, and there really was no amount of ice that was going to slow us down. And uh, well, maybe Blake a little bit. But we got a lot done this uh, this week. Another great week for the cities and towns of Arkansas. Uh, had a couple bills that got off some uh, house floors today or uh, this week. And um, well, on to a little bit of an update. Uh, our, By the way, our podcast uh, interviewee today is Representative Carol Dobby, so she'll be chiming in here in just a moment. But first, I want to start with House Bill 1024. This is the More Entertainment Districts Bill. It passed the Senate, and so now it's on the governor's desk. Got to have a big thank you to Representative David Ray for the idea for House Bill 1024 and to Senator McKee and Representative Ray for their push behind House Bill 24. Thanks to their efforts, cities and towns no longer have to have an advertising and promotion or an A&P tax to have an entertainment district. Uh, it passed off the Senate floor uh, just Wednesday, I believe, 24 to 2. And so, of course, now it's in the governor's desk. By the way, if you have a chance, uh, please reach out to Representative Ray and Senator McKee and tell them how much you appreciate their efforts to get this bill passed. I put their email uh, in my legislative roundup that I'll be sending out uh, as well today, um, or it's on the Arkansas legislature website. Next up is House Bill 1250 or 1245. It's the District Court Interim Study Proposal. Representative Dalby will be talking about this bill here in a little bit on our interview portion of the podcast. It formally starts a process to address what we find is a major need of cities, towns, and counties, which is understanding and addressing district court funding across Arkansas. We've tried for years to get what's known as an interim study by the legislature in place to study the financial matters related to court systems. As many of you know, the laws on district court funding are difficult to understand, which sometimes make it difficult to work easily with the state and the county on district court issues. This bill would study district court funding, study circuit court funding, and more to Representative Dalby's points, it would study how fines and fees are assessed and collected on these defendants for speeding tickets or any kind of traffic offenses. Uh, It's a big issue for Representative Dalby. And it's a big issue for us. So it's terrific that we're able to work with her together on getting this interim study uh, going. Uh, This one passed out of House Judiciary Committee on Tuesday and passed off the House floor 96 to nothing on Wednesday. So now it's on the Senate floor. And over there, it's sponsored by Senator Gary Stubblefield. Up next is House Bill 1318. I call it the Life Cycle Cost for Bids Bill. It passed the House uh, the other day, and now it's on to the Senate. This one is sponsored by a great friend of ours, Representative Fran Cavanaugh, and House Bill 1318 would amend the bidding statutes for cities. This is originally a Central Arkansas water uh, issue that they raised with us, and we worked with them to get a bid um, a bid bill together. And essentially what it does is it says that when you're awarding a bid to the lowest responsible bidder, that lowest responsible bidder could mean that the bidder has the lowest uh, immediate cost or the lowest cost for the entire life of the project. So basically it gives us a lot more latitude on making a decision on what bill is what bid is actually lowest. And cities could decide that we want the lowest immediate cost or they could want the lowest life cycle cost. So $100,000 for a 10-year project upfront cost versus $200,000 for a 25-year 
project. Depends on what you're looking for. You have a lot more latitude now when uh, you're deciding on which bids to accept. Uh, this one, of course, like I mentioned, got off the House floor on Thursday, 95 to nothing. So it's on to the Senate next week. Uh, I feel really good about its chances of passing the Senate. Um, and all best of luck to Representative Kavanaugh and anything that we can do to help her, we're going to do. Anything that you can do to help her, uh, please reach out to your senators to support House Bill 1318. Finally is Senate Bill 121. It's the Monuments 2.0 bill. If you remember from 21, and I talked about this last week, it uh, the original Monuments Bill, or the Monuments Law, would prevent cities from moving uh, historical um, pieces or historical statues or historical monuments. Now, what the definition of that is is not entirely clear under the bill or under the law, which has always made us very um, uh, against this type of thing because it's really, really difficult to understand what is and what is not a historical monument, setting aside, of course, the fact that we like to be in control of our own cities and towns, so it, it takes away local, local control. Well, Senate Bill, Senate Bill 121 takes it a step further and says essentially that you can be penalized for removing a historical monument 30 years ago or 25 years ago or five years ago. And that retroactive punishment is obviously a very big problem for us. We are steadfastly against this idea. Any law that goes back in time to punish people for something is, in our mind, off to a very poor start. So that Senate Bill 121, the sponsor of the bill ran it in state agencies committee this week, but pulled it down before vote in hopes to have some amendments that could uh, satisfy some concerns that were raised during that committee. Although I'll be honest with you, I don't know what amendments could happen to that bill that would make it um, make us be even neutral on the bill. I expect that we'll always be uh, opposed to the bill. So Senate Bill 121, reach out to your senators, tell them that you are opposed to anything that would penalize you for taking an action in the past that wasn't illegal in the past. With that, that wraps up our weekly roundup. And now I'm going to pitch it, well, to myself. I've been Senator uh, Representative Dalby's office for our interview. And so with that, I'll let uh, myself and Representative Dalby take it away. All right, everybody, I'm here with Representative Carol Dalby in our office. Thank you, Representative Dalby, for being here. I uh, want to tell everybody a little bit about Representative Dalby or have her tell a little bit about herself. So, uh, Representative Dalby, I know you're down in Texarkana, but would you mind introducing yourself to the folks uh, listening? Sure, John, be glad to. I'm Carol Dalby. I'm the state representative for District 100, which is pretty much the city limits of Texarkana, Arkansas. I often say we're on God's side of that state line. Uh, I'm in my fourth term representing the good people of Texarkana. Well, you have been a uh, great to work with. You always listen to us, uh, work with us when you can, obviously. Um, and you're a big proponent of local control. I've heard of heard you mention this in a committee. Um, can you tell us a little bit about a little bit about why local control you believe is important to um, Arkansas as a whole? Sure, John. This will be my fourth time to be on city, county, local, and I always choose this particular committee because. I believe that the work that happens there is really work that's the closest to the people. And that goes to your local control question. I think that any time people in Little Rock, and I'm one of the people in Little Rock, if we're not careful, we impose what we want throughout the state. And really, who better knows their community than those folks who are sitting on the city council? And they're the elected people there who are close to the people of that city. And so, I look at it as they know what's best in most circumstances. Now, there, certainly there are times when policy overrides uh, and has to look out for the entire state, but basically what is good in Texarkana may not be 
what is best for West Memphis, Arkansas, or uh, Melbourne, or some other town around our state, just to name a few. So I think that the people in uh, each of the towns knows what they need, and I really believe that, and, and I like to always support local control whenever I can. And we appreciate that. And like I said, you've always been very helpful to us and very uh, open to listen to us every chance that you that you get. You're also a lawyer, um, a, a, a really good one from what I hear from folks down in Texarkana. Uh, and I'm, I've heard that from Texarkana lawyers. Um, you're, cha- you're the chair of judiciary. And I know when I started working here in 2015 or coming down to the Capitol, I was in judiciary sort of keeping an eye on things. Um, I know it's an important committee. You know, do a lot of heavy lifting over there. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, why you like being the chair of judiciary? Well, I serve as chair of judiciary at the uh, call of the speaker. The speaker in the House of Representatives appoints all the chairs, and fortunately, Speaker Shepard has named me the chair for the last three terms. This is my third term as chair. I was the first woman to ever chair uh, judiciary in the state of Arkansas, so it's been a real privilege and a real honor. But as you mentioned just a second ago, it is a very heavy uh, lifting committee. Oftentimes, judiciary will have more bills filed in it than any other committee. And I often tell people that in judiciary, every bill is going to touch every Arkans in, in some form or fashion, whether we're discussing something on wills and estate planning or whether it's criminal law or whether it's the court system. It could be something as simple as a speed limit somewhere. And so we do have a lot of those kinds of bills. We have a lot of bills that come through there that deal with uh, fundamental rights that we have to weigh those, but it's a it's really a very interesting committee. Most of the lawyers in the House try to get on that committee, which I think is extremely important, but we have a lot of lay people on there, and they work very hard to understand the intricate legal issues that we often have before that committee. But I enjoy it because it gives me the opportunity to work with the court system, which is our third, another branch of government. It gives me that opportunity to work with our court system, make our court system a better friendlier place for folks to come and air their grievances or to get relief for whatever the situation may be. So we we have a lot of things. We have a, already have a big agenda, but we're working diligently through that agenda. Uh, and I would anticipate just like every year that we will be the ones who will have heard more bills come through than anybody else. But we know that going in and we work very hard. I have a very hard working committee. They're all very diligent in what they do. They're always well prepared. So I'm really grateful and thankful for that. I'm thankful for my uh, vice chair. It's Representative Stan Berry. He's up there around Dover, for those of you who may be in that area. Uh, Stan does a great job. He's been on the committee for a number of terms now. He is really a great uh, vice chair. I look forward every day to working with him. And so we try our best to um, do what we feel like is the right thing to do uh, to make sure that everything is working for the people of Arkansas. And that's what we're in here to do, right? Both, both from the city's perspective, county, state, we're here, here for the people of Arkansas. There's one particular bill that you, you, you and I have partner, partnered on, or the league and you have partnered on, and it's the District Court Interim Study Bill. I know you had some issues that you've seen in the judicial system that you're, you're hoping to address. Can you tell us a little bit about what the bill does and why you're excited about it? Well, uh, people may or may not realize that our court system is often funded uh, on fines and fees that are charged. And sometimes that affects those who maybe are unable to pay. And those fines, those fees keep stacking up. 
And it was just time to start looking at how the district court system and some, to some extent how the circuit court system is funded in our state and what, what we need to do. Do we need to make some changes as to fees that may be charged? Because in certain cases, uh, and I have seen it because I was on the district court bench for two years, that sometimes it almost becomes a debtor's um, conundrum, I guess is the best way to say, because they can never get out from under those fees. And I just felt like, and fortunately, the Municipal League felt the same way. Um, the Association of Counties has come on board, and the Administrative Office of Courts are all on board for us to take a two-year study to see how best to fund these court systems, because these are the courts, particularly at the district court level, that are dealing with um, speeding. Mm -hmm. Maybe if you've gotten a speeding ticket, you've been in the district court. Could be shoplifting. It could be a number of things that fall within that court. And of course, that jurisdiction has expanded over the years, and their responsibility has expanded. But we've not really taken a look as to how to fund those courts. Uh, oftentimes, those courts is what, what people would refer to as the municipal court. Mm -hmm. But since Amendment 80, those courts have slowly but surely becoming state district courts. And so we need to revisit that issue. Uh, we need to look at, is it the best use of the money? How best to, to fund it without putting any additional burden, if, if at all possible, on cities and counties, and especially since they're becoming state courts. So we need to look at that. We also need to look at, are we setting defendants up? Are we setting lit litigants up for failure? And I don't think we want to do that. The court system I've learned in my time with the league is where the probably the, where the state, the city, and the counties all join. I mean, and collaborate together. So a great idea. We're very excited to, to spend the next two years studying this issue. So we really appreciate you bringing that bill. Um, last thing before I let you go, uh, I've, I've, I asked this of anybody who'll who'll give me a good answer, right, or an answer entirely, is how best can cities and towns uh, interact with legislators and be part of the legislative process while the legislature is going on. Well, the key thing is know your legislator and know who it is. Know who that person is. Know who's representing your city, your town. Um, you know, just sending out a robo-email is probably not the best way to do it uh, because we may get hundreds of emails in a day, and, and I think all of us do the same thing. We scroll down and see if it's somebody from our district. Otherwise, it's going into the trash pretty quick. Get to know us. Uh, reach out talk to us, invite us to come see what's happening in your city, develop that personal relationship, because I believe that everybody here wants to do what is the right thing. And I certainly can say that on city, county, local committee that I serve on, that we, we pick that committee because it's close to our hearts. It's something that we want uh, to move our cities and towns forward. So my best advice would be to um, look up, see who's your representative, who's your senator. Call them up, invite them out to come have a cup of coffee or something like that. Tell them what's on your uh, mind, what's important issues. Give them a call. Shoot us a text if you see a bill. You know, a lot of times we can't answer our phones because we're in committee. Uh, we live by our phones. We read our text. I know I always get back to those uh, that reach out to me that I know, and I, that's how I think is the best way to do it. 
That's something we, t- we tell our folks as well. And so thank you for reinforcing that. Um, Representative Alby, thank you so much for being here and, and uh, inviting me into your office for this quick chat. Um, I know we, we relish the opportunities to work together with you or any other legislator. So thank you very much. And um, anything you'd like to, like to say? Well, John, I want to thank you and I want to thank the Municipal League. Y'all do a, a great job. You're a great resource. Uh, what I think is best about what y'all do is you tell us the truth. And you don't, you don't try to pull the wool over our eyes, and we can always rely on good, trusted advice. So thank you for what you do and how you represent the cities. It, it, it's important to us. It's important that we have vibrant cities, and that's what you're doing. So I really appreciate it, and thanks for having me today. Thank you, ma'am. All right, everybody, like I mentioned, I'm here with Jack Critcher and Blake Gary for our Roundup Roundtable portion of the Leg Up. I just made that up. Roundup Roundtable. I like that. That's what we're going to do now. Uh, Blake, I'll start with you. Uh, we got to know the story that I mentioned earlier because this is the ice edition of the Leg Up. What happened uh, earlier to, earlier this week when you slipped? Yeah, I think we've all been familiar with uh, icy roads and icy sidewalks as we've seen from the bad weather this week. And I think we were actually walking back from the Capitol Wednesday or Thursday and as soon as you cross the street heading towards the Association of Counties building, there's right at the curb, there's about a three stair or step drop off. And, you know, being careful, it's kind of sliding my feet, making sure because Brian and John were behind me, making sure it was safe for them. And I get to the top of the step, ready to go down those two or three steps. And I slip. And luckily, grace of God, my balance just kept me on my feet as I just slid slid both my heels down the two or three stairs and landed on my feet uh the body was hurting because i was real tense falling trying to hold balance and i think if the wind was blowing even one mile per hour i would have taken a header on the concrete would not have been as good i think eli over in work comp and katie in the health uh, fire thankful you yeah. stayed on your feet, <laughs> on my feet. Uh, as as are we Bree and i were nervous for that split second about uh, about uh, your safety there I mean, all y'all could do is just scream blake I, you're falling i'm like right. yeah i know i fall <laughs> right <Thanks, guys. laughs> <laughs> oh well, that was the—that's the dangers of the Capitol, yeah. I think, right? Um, well, Blake, I'll, I'll stick with you. Um, on to publications. I, I know you have a good update for us. Uh, maybe a little bit of a timeline and fill us in on what's happening with that bill. Yeah, I know. I sent an email out to all of our listservs yesterday, late afternoon, providing this update. Uh, so feel free to re- read it over there and rehash on that. But the publication bill is looking to get filed next week. So I don't have a House or Senate bill number for you at this moment. Um, but now is the time to start reaching out to your legislatures. I know the Press Association and some of the other opposition to it have already been making their rounds talking to legislators. And there's been a lot of misinformation about the bill. So just to recap that, and again, please look at that email where I go through all that. As it relates, one, this is a county and city bill. So there are portions of the bills that pertain specifically to the counties and portions of the bill that specifically pertain to the cities. As it relates to the cities, all it does is provide us with the extra option of publishing on a municipally owned website. I think the example I used was BB's web, city of BB's website, www.bbar.org or ark.org. Or, and I've heard me talk about the centralized website where we're in the process of signing an MOU with the counties, you can publish those notices on a municipally affiliated .gov website. And .gov websites, as you know, cannot be advertised on it, so there's no money grab. It's just meant to be free for counties and cities to publish on and free for the public to access. 
And again, this just provides the additional option. If you have a local newspaper that you love immensely and you want to continue publishing because they do have good outreach, uh, you're lucky if that's the case because I know that's not as uh, widespread as it once was. You will still have that option and still be able to do that. Nothing will prohibit you from doing that. If you're a smaller town, or which I know some of our larger cities are now posting in five public places, but if you've always posted in five public places, nothing will change for you. You can still pub- post in those five public places. This just provides the additional option to publish on a website if you wish to do so. Right. And again, uh, Blake, you mentioned you mentioned. Um, the opposition. Uh, how much do you know what a full page color ad costs? I don't know the, off the top of my head, but I think we all saw the newspaper today and there was a full page color oh, ad right. against this bill. Uh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and painted us as foxes going into a hen house, which I thought was, <laughs> I didn't understand it, but uh, I didn't like being. And again, you know, one of the biggest arguments was. We know it's about money in the end, but one thing they're pushing is, you know, it wouldn't be transparent for us to be able to publish on our own websites. And meanwhile, as mentioned, the second page of the paper was a full-page ad against this idea or this bill, yet all of our uh, publications are, as I said, at Winter Conference behind the for sale of cats and dogs and the classifieds on the very last page. So we, we don't know the exact timeline, but we're thinking next week, which um, if, if just for everyone, everyone to know, if it gets filed in the Senate, then it'll be at a Senate committee. If it's filed early enough in the week, it could be at city committee on Thursday, Tuesday or Thursday, House floor by Wednesday or maybe the following Monday, and in the, in the House committee the following Wednesday. So this could move very quickly. Now, it could be filed late next week, but uh, just keep in mind, we'll, we'll give you as much notice as we can. We expect... Um, a lot of need on the House side, especially because there's more representatives than there are senators. But we'll obviously keep everybody up to date. I know, Blake, you'll you'll make sure to keep your uh, ear to the ground and know what's happening. Absolutely. So please reach out to your legislatures. And I'm sure you've also seen emails about us asking how much your city or town has spent in 2021 and 2022 on publications. If you have not sent that to me, I know Diane Whitby's been reaching out, North Little Rock, and some of our law clerks have been reaching out. Please provide us with that. That is vital to show the actual impact of the current state law on city, town, and county right. financials right now. I know you and I talked to Mayor Snap earlier today to get north, the northeast northeast mayors going. Uh, we have a call with uh, Mayor Anderson here in a little bit as well to really try to organize our um, push on this. Jack, I talked a little bit a little bit about the entertainment bill in, in the uh, update a second ago, and there's a story of that uh, the on the Senate floor uh, where Senator Brianne Davis from Russellville or Russellville area um, commented on the bill, spoke in favor of the bill, and I know that that hits that hits right for us to hear Senator support our legislation that we're behind. How did how did yeah, make you feel? Yeah, that's a great point, John, and you know I'm not sure before Senator Davis went to the well to speak for the bill. I'm not sure how many, I don't know if it had 18 votes, but not only the fact that you had a senator speaking for it, but she was probably the one senator in the chamber that knows more about entertainment districts than any other because that was her legislation a session or two ago that uh, dealt with entertainment districts. So she lent immediate credibility to the subject, did a great job of speaking for it, and and hopefully, I think probably she uh, encouraged some people who were on the fence, wasn't sure about it, made them decide to vote for 
that bill. And it, it just goes back to, you know, we, we talk about uh, Mayor Anderson uh, last session. He called his representative and was able to get the, his representative to be the swing vote on a key piece of legislation. And, and so it goes back to being to, to emphasizing how important it is for our members, our mayors, council members, and city officials to contact their local officials. And they we can't emphasize enough how much influence they have on their legislator. And speaking of local officials, um, Senator McKee is a former um, quorum court member for right. Garland County. So he understands local control, understands local government. I think it was his first bill that he presented on the floor as a legislator. It was, and I watched him in committee, and I watched him on the floor, and uh, he he didn't appear to be a freshman. I mean, he right. he's very uh, yeah. I was impressed. He and, did a great job. And that's one thing about that bill I liked seeing Senator Davis um, talk about a bill that she supported that was part of another, or not part of an, her earlier bill, but part of the entertainment district legislation. And then to be there with Senator McKee at the committee, side by side, knowing he's a county guy, I'm a city guy, and to, to have us work together on this and then to watch him on the Senate floor, I was really impressed with him. And it goes to show how important it is to build those relationships, not just with your senators and representatives, but with your other local government officials. And and so he's a former quorum court member, and it's, it's important that he knows, because he knows, he knows what it's like to be local government. And I was really, really impressed with him. And of course, Representative David Ray for identifying this issue and I, and, and saying this needs to change and um, and doing it and pushing as hard as he did. That was terrific, I thought. Yeah, it was. It was a good moment. Sure was. Well, before we wrap up, I do want to, uh, we mentioned last set, last week on the podcast that the three pillars, I should say, of the legislative session is education, um, criminal justice reform, and uh, income tax. I hear that there's an education bill drafted that's maybe making this round. I don't know if that's true or not, but I expect education to be a big issue starting maybe next week. Is that what do you what do you think? Well, I Jack? mean, you know, we're into February, and at some point in time, it, it it has to be released and debated, and and that's going to take several weeks once it you know it's introduced. Right. So, I would hope that any day now the education bill will be released and everything else the you mentioned the three pillars the other two are dependent upon the education bill that's that's the it all hinges on that so the other two will move probably more quickly once the right. education bill is introduced and so hopefully it'll be this week maybe well, we'll see, obviously. So thank you again for joining us, everybody. Uh, Blake and Jack, it's always a pleasure to be up there with you. Ben is sitting next to us, uh, us too. Ben, thank you for producing all this and getting this ben message Ben does out. a great job. Oh, fantastic. Right, absolutely. Uh, hope, hopefully the weather the weather is better next week, particularly for Blake, so he doesn't slip again. Uh, and well, I see he's got his spikes on the bottom <laughs> of his boots. I do, I do. Yeah. Got him wrapped in chains. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you for listening. And uh, if, if we can help, let us know, and we'll certainly let you know how you can help. Thanks, everybody.